All right, now it is time for our bonus segment for Slate Plus. And we've talked about the the Russians before and their doping skullduggery. There's that amazing uh, New York Times piece about passing urine through a wall. Am I remembering that right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Am I remembering the urine passing? The was urine it was through a wall? A- it was in little containers, let's be clear. Okay. That's it, how the urine was Let's passed. be clear. It was in a container. The urine was not clear. So the Russians have been running the systematic Or maybe doping the clear program. was in the urine, too. <laughs> the cream and the clear. Yeah. They've been running the systematic doping program. I think we all believed, to speak for all of you without actually knowing what you believe, I think we all believed that <laughs> by the time of the Olympics, then someone, some way, somehow – all of the powers that be would find a way to allow Russia to compete. And now it seems like at least on the track and field side that might not happen, Um, that the IAAF is saying that Russia hasn't done what it needs to do and that its athletes, its track and field athletes will not be allowed to compete in Rio. What is going on here, Mike? Well, this was a systemic and countrywide and seemingly uh, mandated from the top um, and they also called it, you know, a vestige from communist days. So this strikes at the heart of the integrity of the sport. Um, notably, athletes from all the other countries in the world were just up in arms about this. So they gave the, at least the Federation the equivalent of the death sentence. They carved out because there is for a couple of reasons. They carved out um, based on fairness, but also I think based on ability to defend this should they have to in courts. You know, the International Court of Human Rights has been brought up that a Russian athlete can compete if that athlete can show that they've been outside the Russian system and been tested clean repeatedly through non-Russian testing. Um, So this is a way to say we don't want to collectively punish if you can show you're clean in another way, you can compete under a flag under than Russia. But of course, this does collectively punish. And it's not just the, you know, hundreds of athletes or at least over 100 athletes that would have competed in Rio in track and field. We're talking about thousands of athletes in all international competitions, you know, competitions in Asia, competitions um, in different federations throughout the world. And it seems absolutely obvious that there have to have been some Russians, and I don't know how many, who just never took drugs, who never cheated, who are being banned from their Olympic dream because of the only country they could compete for, whether they're proud to or not, is Russia. And they're being banned. On the other hand, what do you do? How do you only say we're going to ban those with a test if your federation is cheating? I mean, there is an argument that you got to give the smackdown to the federation. And I'm kind of glad that they did because the Russians didn't just cheat, but they bully and they obfuscate. On the other hand, there are real Russian victims here. And then the third complicating thing is that this get out of ban card, which is the clean athlete who can show that they've been uh, tested elsewhere. It really it doesn't apply to many, many athletes. Many athletes don't have the opportunity to do that. And some of them who will have been tested clean from other organizations probably aren't clean. They just know how to beat those tests. This is really the ultimate Band-Aid solution to um, and and very, I think, indicative of the, you know, it is not possible culture of international sports. Um, is it just track and field? You know, there were yeah, probably, athletics. I know, no, that was a rhetorical question oh, because okay. there are certainly 
weightlifters. No, it's definitely biathlon too. Come on, are weightlifters? <laughs> you know, they're they're going to be they're going to be athletes competing for Russia from other athletic federations. But it's just up to the individual governing bodies. It is up to the individual governing bodies of each sport. So the IAAF has come down because the preponderance of evidence was overwhelming that Russia was engaged in a systemic doping program um, for these athletes. That they came down, but you know, all these other federations are not going to come down because the the propensity of cheating in these sports is widespread. And for weightlifting or whatever sport, badminton, I don't know, whatever federation could investigate the um, the integrity of doping control in Russia is going to have a problem well, that's in why all likelihood. Th- but that's why I think this is so weird and surprising is the track and field is not known for having any integrity at all. And yeah. neither my, is Russia, though. <laughs> well, my expectation here with with anything of this order, and maybe there just hasn't been anything of this order in, in recent years or decades, is that somehow they're going to find a way to make it go away and to allow these athletes to compete because the Olympics are less fun without the Russians involved. Oh, totally. Let's be frank. And it was more fun when the Soviets were involved. You can always pretend everyone goes through this kabuki on the host country side and the governing body side and the Olympic side. The change is happening even when it's not happening. And I'm not really sure what the difference is this time. And maybe the difference is that it's just not close enough to the Olympics. They'll just change their mind somehow in the next uh, couple of weeks or months. But – it just it does strike me as odd. The IAAF is not known for you know integrity, and it's not known for you know sticking to its guns. And so you know the Russians are known for sticking things in their guns. But uh, you know what? Do you, do you have any kind of hypothesis here, Mike? I think that uh, Russia manipulated this to save their athletes from exposure to the Zika virus. It's clearly <laughs> clearly a humanitarian effort. <laughs> No, I think it just came it came to a head and it does seem to me that Russia wasn't good enough at the is not possible backslapping game. I mean, they isolated right. themselves and they pick fights with the organization. Maybe they have to because they have such a uh, you know, culture of doping, but I think that I mean, they were good to enough to get that, the Sochi games and the and the World Cup. Yeah, but I you, know, you could argue. But they pissed everyone off with how they did it and how embarrassing it was and unnecessary ways that, you know, even Putin went out of the way to perhaps embarrass the Olympic ideals. And then this is an embarrassment to the Olympic ideals uh, beyond the stated ideals, but even the go-along, get-along culture. Like – Sure, we all cheat. Sure, we all countenance it. But on this scale, it is not done. It it makes us all look bad, you know. And you like the s- mafia guy who uh, who screws with Omerta. From the IOC's perspective, they could certainly, you know, the, their motivation could be simply, look, we're not giving Russia the Olympics for another thirty years anyway. They just had the Winter Olympics. Um, but they do get the World Cup. Uh, that's FIFA's problem, you know, I and know. and and it is a problem. Um, though doping is certainly not the forefront of, of any allegations again in, yeah. in soccer. And it's not and, as big a problem as Qatar. So. And it's not as big a problem as Qatar. International sports. Fantastic. And Russia kind of sucks at soccer. They're not as yeah. good as – they're not going to be a factor at the World Cup. So for the IOC, it's kind of irrelevant you know, that Russia is out of sight, out of mind now. We don't really need to deal with them. And if this is the, the way we punish them, this is the way we punish them. You could also look at this and say – 
the the degree of cheating was so high that the IOC had no choice but to do this. And I when find people that hard start, to believe. I, but if people start comparing this to what East Germany was doing in the 1970s and 80s, that's a pretty high level of, uh, of, of, uh, of skullduggery. I, no, I'm always no happy when I'm – or federation ban. I'm always happy when I'm the right. most cynical of the group <laughs> and I've, I've won the, the cynicism off. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for listening. We'll be back with another Slate Plus segment next week.